3, 2, 1. You are listening to the D-Bad Movement. This is a Don't Be a Dickhead podcast. I'm John Gilbert. I'm Ian Thompson. And I'm Alex King. And today we are going to be talking about dickheadery relating to celebrity. Celebrity. Mm. Now, this has really struck a chord with the D-Bad community who have come in their droves to share with us their acts of dickheadery around celebrity. Or actually, more accurately, quite often outing their friends rather than their own behaviour. So, yeah, we've got a lot to get through. So do you want to kick us off, Alex? Yeah, so we've had a comment from uh, Kelly Cheeseman. She said, I have been a tit in front of every celebrity I've ever met. I kind of can't help it. There we go. <laughs> cannot help it. Yeah. I mean, when we started making the Don't Be a Dickhead podcast early days, we defined what dickhead meant. What does being a tit mean? I think it's kind of the same. It's quite mild, isn't it? You're a tit, yeah. Yeah, just a bit of a tit. Don't be a tit, mate. Yeah, I think it's sillier than dickheadery. Tittery. Tittery, yeah. (laughs) Yes. The act of tittery. (laughs) But but it's a a gateway um, behaviour towards dickheadery. Yeah. Yeah. It started with a tit and then (laughs) it moved on. So other other anatomy-based behaviour. But she does it's a good one to start with that because that sets the tone for many of the other things mm. that came through. And then the, the biggest theme around tittery becoming dickheadery around celebrities appears to be the introduction of alcohol, which is just comes up in all of our podcasts. Yeah. I think this is if anything, I'm just learning don't drink if you don't <laughs> want to be a dickhead. Just don't but, drink. Dom's fear says, I nearly vomited in front of Gary Newman. I was hammered after we did an interview and my plus one managed to swear me away before I got anywhere near him. (laughs) Dom is a professional journalist as well, so his plus one did him a favour. He's a music journalist. He shouldn't be getting drunk and telling the uh, artists what they think. Yeah, I'm presuming that he was feeling sick because he was so drunk and not just he saw Gary Newman and felt sick. (laughs) Every time I hear Gary Newman, I, my brain always goes to the fact that isn't it weird that Gary Newman is older than Gary Oldman? Brilliant. That's, that's just good. That's just the, the yeah. only factoid. Because yeah. Gary Newman did cars, didn't he? Yeah. Which is a nice plug. Check out our previous episode on driving. I don't know oh, either yeah. of those people. Degeneration. You don't know who Gary Oldman is? I might know his face. I'm not oh. very good with names. Yeah, I think you will yeah. do. He's an actor. But we'll, we'll send yeah. you his... Um, We'll send you some he plays Commissioner Gordon in the Christopher Nolan Batman series. Will he make me feel sick? He won't make you feel sick. I don't, <laughs> well, he might make you feel sick. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Lee Howarth was talking to me the other day. Is uh, a friend of mine, and he was telling me about his mate who, when they were in Puerto Banas, is it Puerto Banas? Is that correct? I don't know where he went on holiday. <laughs> well, I don't know whether you've ever heard of the resort. Anyway, I'm presuming it's in Spain. And his mate went to the toilet, and he was taking a leak. And in walked Rio Ferdinand next to him and started weeing as well. And he like looked up at Rio Ferdinand, unsure what to say. And Rio Ferdinand looked down at him <laughs> and they were both weeing. And without knowing what to say, the lad just shrugged his shoulders and shouted in Rio's face, you've been murked, mate. 
Do you remember the program, You've Been Mercs, that Rio yeah. Ferdinand used to do? It was one of the worst programs ever to be on TV. So it was a great thing to shout, just You've Been Mercs, because he had to watch this lad pissing, to which Rio Ferdinand just looked at him, shook his head and replied, fuck off, mate. And so he did. Oh, I thought Rio Ferdinand might have been interested in purchasing his urine off him so he could use it for his next after-training testing. <laughs> that might have avoided him a six-month football ban. <laughs> Always be thinking, Rio. Yeah, missed an opportunity there. <laughs> but that, again, it's the, the whole thing when you encounter a famous person, something happens in many of our brains, and it certainly happens in my brain. Not so much, happened a lot more when I was younger. There's a famous person, I need to make an impression or do yeah. something to make this situation memorable. Poor celebrities, they must have to encounter this all the time. Yeah, and people just say, like, just literally anything (laughs) that comes into their head. So of all the celebrities I've met, generally, I've had all right conversations with them. But then there's been a couple where they've caught me off guard, and not because they're really massive, because, you know, this one that I'm about to tell you now is not particularly famous at all. But I just, it, like, caught me off guard. I didn't really know what to say. So I was working in Hull, where we live. We have an aquarium called The Deep. And when it very first opened, I worked there for a bit as a guide. And I used to be on the yeah. entrance where they took tickets. Because, yeah, cause, and I, I loved it on the entrance because in the midweek, there wasn't that, as long as it was still school term, you didn't used to get that many people through. So I'd just take a book and read it and occasionally have to speak to people and put their tickets through. And so I was sat there, re- or stood there reading on the entrance turnstile. And I was reading a book and whatnot. Like this family walked up and I looked up, like caught completely off guard. And it was ex-England and Leeds uh, defender Danny Mills. Oh, yeah. Remember Danny Mills? Yeah. Mm. Bald-headed guy. And and I think it was while he was playing for England as well. So he was about at the height of his career. And I just sort of looked up, noticed it was him and just went, oh, are you from Leeds? And he said, (laughs) yes. And I went, oh, enjoy. And put his ticket through, and that was, that was. I don't know why. I just felt like I had to say something to him to in that accent to acknowledge Did you that, look that I knew who he was. Well, well, I don't know. I mean, probably, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I just felt like I had to say something to acknowledge. Danny Mills was quite a scary player. Yeah, he was. Yeah, to acknowledge yeah. that I knew who he was. So I said, "Are you from Leeds?" And it, not a dissimilar story as well was when, and this isn't particularly to do with celebrity, but when I went to uh, Alcatraz. Once you finish the Alcatraz tour, then you go into the gift shop. And in the gift shop, whenever I've been three times now, whenever you go, then there's always an ex, a former inmate from Alcatraz. They're all pretty old now. But um, cashing in by they've written a book or something like that, and they're there signing books. Now, I didn't realise this. So I was, um, I was like looking around the gift shop, like not paying attention to anything, minding my own business. And when I looked down and realised I was at the front of a queue, and I'm being told to go forward to speak to this old guy who used to be an inmate. And I sort of looked up, didn't know who he was, read the thing behind him that said former inmate signs books. And I looked down at him, didn't know what to say. And he just said, do you, do you have a question? And I said, um, uh, was it good? And, and he said, no. And I just said, okay, thanks. And then walked off. I had nothing for him to sign. And all I could think to ask him was, was prison good? Was this infamous prison good? <laughs> I, I had nothing prepared. I wasn't expecting that, that to happen. Yeah. So just to set this opportunity, um, Ian and I have got a, a documentary about to come out. Um, 
can I just stress I asked the questions, not him. So we did probe deeper than that. It's about organised crime. My lines of question for people involved in organised crime is, is it good? What was the best bit about being a criminal? Fave organised crime, mate. <laughs> when you used to steal cars, what was your favourite colour car to steal? <laughs> but there is, when you're caught off guard with that situation, people's re- reactions can, can be just so unpredictable. I remember the first time I encountered... Well, maybe the, the first time I can remember encountering a celebrity was I went to watch Man United play at Old Trafford and there was like loads of celebs around and John Watson was there and he was signing autographs so my teenage response was to just shove my mate at John Watson and shout Motty <laughs> and and John Watson just just turned around to me and just looked so disappointed and angry at me at once and I just felt like Aww. such a geek and it was just a typical like I don't know 13 14 year old boys overly stimulated reaction just <laughs> Shoving my mate, so I'm just like in school. But John Watson was just like, "This, this is not there. This like, is who's, not like who's your puppet?" So you didn't want to shove your face if you shout Motty. You had a little puppet to go in, and you just did the voice of the puppet. <laughs> well, yeah, because I was a dickhead. If you're listening, John Watson, I apologise for that. Me and Claire were down in London um, last year, and we went. We'd gone to see a play, and at the interval. I went to toilet, and just as I was going into the toilet, out walks Hugh Laurie, very, very tall. Um, mm-hmm. And Hugh Laurie was there, and I just like looked up at him and said, all right, and he, he's, hi. And then I walked in and went to toilet. And then I came back out, went and told Claire, Hugh Laurie's here watching the show. And she was quite excited as well. And, um, and then afterwards, we saw him with the person who he'd come with, and he was just uh, outside the theater, just like stood waiting, and, uh, and and Claire was like, why don't you go up and ask him, you know, if you can have a photo with him or something like that. I was like, no, no, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, do that. And so she goes, do you want me to go up and do it? I was like, yeah, I do. Yeah, I want you to go up. And uh, and so she went up and she was re- she was reminding me uh, when I said that we were recording Celebrity about how she spoke to him as well. And she said she doesn't know why she did it, but she suddenly went up and put on a really uh, posh voice and just went up and said, uh, excuse me, Mr. Laurie, uh, I don't want to be an arse, but, uh, <laughs> um, but I wonder if my, my boyfriend really wants to have his picture taken with you. So she basically went up to him and said, my mate really fancies you. And uh, will you go out with him? And so would, would you have a picture taken with him? Anyway, he declined. He said no. He said, I don't really like having my picture taken. Which is odd for a, for someone who's in. And you were just stood there, just TV. in the background, looking real disappointed. I was just, I was, I was just stood like giddily, sort of bobbing up and down, and and and, and I don't know. I imagine I gave a flirty wave just as like, he looked no. over at me. I got blown out by Jimmy Carr in that situation. There was only me, Jimmy Carr, and his promoter, and I was the person that booked him for the gig. And I said, oh, Jimmy, do you mind if we get a publicity photo? It wasn't even like a fan thing, it was a publicity photo. And he kind of looked at me, cocked his head slightly, went, nah, kind of tired, and just went into his room. Too tired to have a photograph taken. There was just the three of us there, and it was a professional thing. He's got to use his facial muscles. Yeah, well, he doesn't though, does he? And then, so I then went and watched his show, sat on the front row, and I was just annoyed with him. Didn't laugh. So I was trying not to laugh at any of his jokes. I wanted him to pick on me, and I was going to explain why I wasn't laughing at his jokes. I'm glad that didn't happen. I would have looked like King Dickhead in front of 2,000 people. 
But this thing about I, I I respect Hugh Laurie's decision not to have his photograph taken with you because what's happened is that celebrity now they're just like we just expect so much of them. We want them to do something all of the time. I mean, so Sally Gilbert said that when she met Paul Gascoigne, she went up to him and asked him the time, which I think is quite a nice one. Yeah. It's just a, so you've spoken to Gazza. Yeah. yeah, and it's, um, it's, it's, it's not using up too much of the time. You're not asking him to do anything weird. You're just like, uh, will you just be a regular stranger in the street? And it gives them a bit of respite from their normal hectic lives. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. When I met Paul Gascoigne, he made a polite, we had a bit of banter, and he said he really liked my jacket. So I was trying to convince him to swap jackets with me. <laughs> um, he, he declined. He was, he, he was like laughing, but what his, what his eyes were saying was, I don't like your jacket that much, mate. I was just, just trying to be polite. polite. You're, you're taking this a little bit too far now. Yeah. Um, for God, I wasn't drunk in that situation. I thought I was had a kind of, what about our shoes? Yeah. Or socks? Let's swap something. <laughs> Pants. <laughs> And when people beat celebrities, sometimes they they just want to make that impression. Uh, Lisa Baxter says, when I was about 23, I was in a virgin plane from Washington to London, got horrendously drunk because of my fear of flying, was told Richard Branson was on the flight, and I decided to try and find him for a nice chat. My ex had to literally restrain me. That's something I would do, I think. When I was on a flight last year going to Ibiza, there was a bit of a stare about the the chap sitting behind me. And I think this is something that's interesting about the cult of celebrity for several reasons, because people could recognise this guy, but he wasn't famous enough that they quite knew where from. They're like, that guy's famous. And, and it turns out he was a singer from the band Liberty X. Do you wow. remember them? They were yeah. runners up on... yeah. Pop-idle or yeah. pop idol or something yeah. like that, weren't they? And they had a couple of couple of big hits. And he's now, actually, he's the lead singer with Wet, Wet, Wet. Oh, um, wow. I didn't know that at the time. We just Googled well, it. Is, is Marty Pello and... just doing solo now then? Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, maybe that's, yeah, he is. I mean, if we can we can go down this route in, in the podcast if you want. No, good, good luck to Marty. I the thought. rise and fall and rise of Marty Pello. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so. I bet he still looks good. So, so I, look, I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about this guy called Kevin, um, who is now the lead singer of Wet, 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 but he used to be in Liberty X. So once people realise who he is, alcohol is again in, involved. So every now and again, the, the Jet 2 flight would go into sexy, everything about you. And so if he got up to go to the toilet, all my mates just started singing at him. And I just Aww. like, this is just so cringeworthy. Did he say it was, it was funny, but it, it must have been horrible. Well, I mean, how does he take it? I mean, he's just smiling. He and going, ah, good one, guys. I That's great. I would have wanted a performance down the aisle. Yeah, yeah. But then, you see, he's trapped then because if he did that, then the people are going to think he's a dickhead. Go look at him, God, one it wonder, Liberty X band. But he could have, he could have started off with a couple of Liberty X songs and then gone on to like Wishing Well yeah. and things like that. Yeah, so. but then they'd be like, oh, look at him trying to take credit for Marty Pella. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's his. That's We're much job, more mate. interested in what his happened to his. Job's taking credit for Marty Pella. Get another job if you don't like it, pal. Yeah, well, I don't know how well paid it is, but the, 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 it was it's a pretty cheap and uncomfortable flight. Um, although maybe you see, I'm assuming he can afford to do that as a celebrity. Even if he can do it, maybe he's just like yeah. living like us. Yeah. Another airport. I mean, you tend to meet a lot of famous people at airports, or I tend to. Um, once in the lounge. The man who came and sat next to me, I was quite excited when I realised that it was former Manchester United and England football captain Brian Robson. Nice. And I got chatting to to Brian, my choice, not his. 
um, about <laughs> what he was doing and where he was going because he now works as an ambassador for Manchester United of their operations in the Far East. And I said, and I asked him, did you enjoy it? He went, yeah. He said, but I do, I do miss the coaching and I miss that part of the game. And I was just, <laughs> at which point, alcohol fueled John steps in with some advice for Brian Robson. <laughs> I just go, but when you go across there, are you going to be seeing like some of the Asian clubs? Yeah. I said, will you be going down to the training ground? I said, he goes, yeah. And I said, we'll run a training session. And he started laughing. He went, well, I, well, that's not why I'm there. And I went, mate, you're Brian <laughs> Robson. If you want to go to that club and say, I'm running the training session, they're going to let you. And it was like, in my mind, it was like the greatest idea in the world. And so I'd transfer. He'd be like, he'd be like, you're right, John. He's like, I am Brian Robson. If I want to do that, I can go and do it. But yeah, something in his eyes just told me, like, yeah, mate, that's enough now. I'll... Uh, I'll carry on with my cup of coffee while you drink your 15 <laughs> glass of wine. He's now head coach of a of a, of a Malaysian football team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, Brian. <laughs> Alex, what else has the Dubek community been saying? So we've got a comment from Andy Train. He said, so many stories, including meeting the devil himself, Jimmy Savile, at the big breakfast shoot at PQ in Hull. Ah, right. Okay. Wow. Okay. So you met Jimmy Savile. What's interesting there is he hasn't said anything more about the story. Yeah, it's just telling... I mean, pro- t- yeah. But my dad actually used to always brag because Jimmy, he works... My dad's a joiner, so he works on site. Yeah. And one morning, Jimmy Savile came up to them all on site and said, look, I'll buy you all a breakfast. So my dad used to brag about that, that he'd had breakfast with Jimmy Savile. And obviously... What did Jimmy Savile want well, my in dad return? Was, yeah, he was quite young at the time. I was like, yeah, but that's... It's besides the point, but when it obviously all this came out, um, I mean, fortunately, your dad wasn't dead at the time, so I think Jimmy Savile had stayed away from him. <laughs> yeah, but when all this came out, he soon changed his tune, so like, yeah, that was his claim to fame that he'd had breakfast with oh, him. That's, that's, that's really upsetting for your dad because he no longer had a really good celebrity yeah, story, but I still yeah. tell it because I find it quite funny that he used to brag about it. We've had a great story in from Paul Story, who, whilst working away, was on a fashion shoot and he was working in construction there. He had breakfast with a lady three times and got to know her and got chatting. And she was asking him about his his business and what he did. Um, and he asked her what she did. And she said, he said, oh, is this fashion stuff? Is this a full-time job for you then? She said, yes. And he says, um, oh, right, who is it you work for? And she said, Vivian Westwood. It was Vivian Westwood. <laughs> that's brilliant. So that's I quite a nice that. story because it's like not, he in no way would be starstruck or kind of like intimidated by a celebrity because he didn't it's know nice who they were. It's nice that she was yeah. just like happily having breakfast every morning with them as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, we imagine she was happy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't me know. Me and John know Paul's story, so she'd have had to know a lot about Liverpool Football Club and if she didn't know a lot about them, then she would have done by the end of the conversation. yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I imagine she was still happier than your dad sharing his breakfast <laughs> yeah. with Jimmy Savile. There's worse people to share breakfast with. Um, Strachan Bolton says, when we were once in London with Freedom Road Kids, we met Lee Ryan from Blue. And then she's Great put, spot. they were big then, lol. Um, we all got our photos taken and I kissed his cheek and wait for it, said, oh, what baby soft skin you have. <laughs> One of the kids said, Grandma, put him down. <laughs> That's, That's lovely. Hilarious. Nice, nice. I mean, I suppose it's kind of a compliment, but it is creeping him out. I mean, I think this is the thing about the, 
the treatment that the general public give to celebrities can be can be quite shocking at, at times because we forget that they're real yeah. people. So Jenny Harrison has said, one time working pantomime, I got Joe McKeldry. Do you know who he is? Mm. He's, the, he's the X Factor mm. winner, um, uh, who's, who's probably most famous for one reason, which is relevant to the story. I got Joe McKeldry for Secret Santa. I thought it would be really funny to get him the Rage Against the Machine album because he lost the Christmas number one to them <laughs> when he won X Factor. Turns out, He's quite sensitive about it and was visibly upset <laughs> and I ruined his Christmas night out. That's great. Poor Joe. Oh, that, that, I don't think that's dickhead behaviour because she was trying really hard to do something funny. That is funny. But not if you're Joe McEldry. I mean, thoughtful. If, if you say to me, Joe McEldry, I, um, I think of, oh, yeah, the guy who won X Factor, then famously the nation turned against him and we all bought Rage Against the Machine to keep him off Christmas number one and therefore destroying the Simon Cowell tradition. <laughs> that Joe McEldry. Yeah, fair, I think fair. she might have thought that he'd just take it on the chin there. In situations like that, yeah. I feel like you've kind of just got to. I suppose. I think, that, I think the lesson to be learnt here about dickhead behaviour is... Try not to speak to celebrities whilst you're drunk, but also um, try and ask them a normal question yeah. as opposed to being too excited about it. See a celebrity, take a breath, then go and speak yeah. to them. Drink, drink, a, drink a strong coffee, <laughs> then go speak to them. Maybe we should apply the Alcatraz principle. Yeah. <laughs> just simple questions, just like, so what are you doing? Yeah. Are you happy? What did you have for dinner last night? Message came in from Stuart McDonald who says, when I lived near Ipswich, we used to go to Portman Road. One time we were playing Torquay in the League Cup. We half hoped to bump into Helen Chamberlain of Sky Sports fame, knowing that she was a used fan. In the pub by the ground, my mate Jim soon got talking to an older fella. I noticed Helen Chamberlain come in and stand behind Jim. She waited patiently. Jim finished his chat with the older fella and shouted over to us, right fellas, let's go and find this Sky Sports scrubber. Miss Chamberlain reached past Jim, touched the elderly gentleman on the arm and said, come on, Dad, we need to go now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's brilliant. Love that story. Okay. And that's definitely dickhead behaviour. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. Yeah, we, sh we shouldn't be calling women scrubbers. <laughs> definitely not when they're standing behind us. And definitely not in front of their dad. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the take-home from this. Yeah. Let's just treat each other, regardless of our level of fame, with absolute respect. There we go. Yeah. We really appreciate, obviously, everyone who uh, emails and social medias in to the podcast, as many of you have this week, and thanks very much for that. If we could ask one more favour of you all, and that's to uh, pop on to wherever you get your podcasts, like and subscribe, and rate us as well. If they don't have uh, a like, subscribe, and rate, um, method, then you can pop over to the iTunes store and rate us there as well. And that'll really help us get more uh, listeners and more um, uh, of the community um, reacting to our social media posts and giving us more content, which is great and makes a better shows. And on that as well, uh, you know, we like to reward you for doing that every week. And I believe John has a wrap for us this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't believe he has. <laughs> But he was going to try. You want to freestyle something? On the spot. I want you to right. freestyle as a rap. Okay. Can, can I get a beat? Um. I just did one. I can see your cheeks going, but I can't hear a beat. I'm just going to imagine there is one. Okay. 
So this is a real story. This is not fiction. You can help us out by doing a subscription. We really want to hear all of your rates and maybe share this with your mates. Hey, that do? it's good. Very good. I don't know why I did like, the, the, the dad. I just, well, I know why I did a dad rap because I'm an old dad. <laughs> That there we was, go. That's nice, uh, that was so good that I don't think they're going to believe that that was freestyled. <laughs> no, no. So, uh, on that note, I've been Ian Thompson. I've been Alex King. I've been John Gilbert. And remember, <laughs> don't, don't be a dickhead. Don't be a dickhead. Don't be a dickhead. <laughs>